Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest this week is a gentleman by the name of John Hoskins, author and founder of Level 5 Selling in Scottsdale, Arizona. John's actually a prior guest and backed by popular demand. He's sharing more of his wisdom with our listeners today. John founded Level 5 Selling in June of 2016, a sales management consultancy focused on developing frontline sales leaders as masterful coaches of their sales teams. John began his own sales career as an account executive with Xerox Learning Systems. He held a variety of sales leadership roles and ultimately became director of U.S. sales operations. Next, John joined Omega Performance, a bank consulting firm as EVP of sales and marketing. In 1990, together with two partners, he co-founded Advantage Performance Group and the Real Learning Company, which grew to a national network serving over 300 clients. Stockholm-based BTS Group AB acquired this business in September of 2006. Today, John continues to support the sales and marketing efforts of the Level 5 Partner Network doing research and developing new intellectual property. The focus of this week's session is John's latest book, Level 5 Coaching Communication Skills. John, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Ian. It's great to hear your voice again, and I'm pleased to uh, to have you interview me again. I, I appreciate your reaching out. Oh, that's great, and and like congratulations on, on yet another book. It's it's so it's so amazing. It, for for all podcast guests I've ever had, I've got to say you represent to me uh, at, like the godfather of sales training and sales leadership training with your wisdom. <laughs> John, so what, what tell our listeners what inspired you this time to write this new book. Well, uh, it actually goes back to my experience at Xerox. Uh, as you know, uh, that was an organization that was committed to developing people. And as a sales leader, I had the good fortune of going through many, many uh, leadership development programs. And one, you'll be surprised at this, Ian, that uh, I went through was actually called Managing for Motivation. And uh, believe it or not, it was a five-day workshop. Um, You can imagine today some client responding to your, uh, how long is the workshop by saying five days? They'd say, impossible. (laughs) You're not going to do that. But um, the, 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 the essence of the skills taught in this workshop were all around communication skills in uh, teams of people or, or uh, individuals with other individuals collaborating. And 
the the oil, if you will, that made that collaborative a collaborative conversation work were communication skills. And in the work we're doing with sales leaders around coaching, and there's there's really three uh, coaching areas that we focus on. One is coaching a quality sales call, where you're um, observing the call and your pre-call planning and post-call debriefing. The other is coaching account strategy, which is, you know, your sales methodology and the strategy to move an opportunity through the pipeline. And the third is an area that we call universal coaching, which we've discovered that many sales leaders spend quite a bit of time doing. And that's more uh, coaching performance challenges. So an example might be, uh, you know, Fred is 120% of quota, but you just got a call from the back shop. And they think he's toxic and they don't want to work with him. Well, now you have to have a coaching conversation with Fred. So those three areas, uh, we provide very specific skill models and steps for having those conversations in a collaborative way. And again, going to the metaphor, the oil that makes that agenda flow smoothly are communication skills. And it was a, it was just a void that we saw in the work that we were doing, and that's what inspired us to to write this book. And I want to acknowledge my co-author Dan Luckett, who was a former colleague from Xerox Days. Dan has taught communication skills for over forty years, and when I called him and and reached out to say I'm thinking of developing this workshop and a book around communication skills, he said I'm in. I, I he said I just still think it's one of the most important things an organization needs to be collaborative. That's, that's fantastic. What an inspiration and a collaboration for you. Um, I love the three points, the quality sales call, coaching for account strategy, which is the methodology and the process for driving through the pipeline. And then your example of universal coaching. Uh, John, that's terrific because someone could be a great salesperson, but it's like a bull in a china shop. It leaves a, a trail of, of disaster behind them, and there needs to be some coaching conversation for that as well. Absolutely. Oh, great. Yeah. great. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you're, you're familiar with all of these from your experience. And, uh, you know, you've got the person who doesn't want to fill in the CRM or doesn't turn in their expense reports on time or, you know, maybe they're just behind quota. Like, you know, they've been performing for years, but they've plateaued and two quarters go by and they've missed their quota. Well, now you have a, a performance challenge and it's a different type of coaching conversation than coaching a call or coaching strategy. So we think that that's kind of the hat trick, if you will, um, of coaching. Absolutely. And and so needed and, and good on you for noticing that it was a it was missing in the marketplace and, and you, you served a need that wasn't being looked after. So is there something about a level five coach's communication skills that makes them different than others? Like what makes it unique, John? Well, I think the word coaching is often thought to be something that someone does to someone. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's a conversation between two people where they're collaborating in a proactive way that is more developmental than evaluative. And so what, what we espouse is that these coaches are, are not doing something to someone. They're working together with someone to collaborate and 
and come to a good conclusion or understanding of uh, not only the strengths that that individual has and how to bring them to the job more intentionally every day, but also the the areas where they could shore things up. And, you know, the co- communication skills is, it's kind of like my golf game. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not getting any better at this point, but I could be getting worse. And I think that's true of communication skills for leaders because you can get lazy. And uh, the, the more experience you have, the more things you have in that experience that have a tendency to interfere with your ability to be open and collaborative when you're coaching. Very interesting perspective. I love what you say about making it collaborative. It's not something you do to someone. It's something two people do together uh, from a collaborative developmental standpoint instead of evaluative standpoint. That's, that's a fresh approach for sure. But John, what are the communication skills? What, what, when you, when you sort of peel back the onion, what would you, how would you describe these communication skills? Well, we netted it out to uh, four uh, communication skills that we think are critical. Obviously, there could be others, but we think these are sort of the the nuggets, if you will, that um, will allow that conversation to be collaborative. The first, this may be overly obvious, is active listening. It's the cornerstone of uh, everything that a good communicator does. And it's also a skill that's extremely hard to do, although we think we're good at it. Um, I heard a joke the other day. A, a, a guy said, um, oh, yeah, my wife said I have two faults. One is that I don't listen well. And then there was something else. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, what we, what we do is we, we try to help people understand that listening is not just a, uh, a thing you do with your ears, but it's actually a thinking skill too. And that what, you, what you're having to do is really put your brain into 120% mode uh, to be sure that you understand what you've heard before you take an action or you make a decision. I, I, I love what uh, you said with that first point, that listening to understand instead of getting ready to reply. So that active listening, that's a cornerstone. Well, and what we find is that, uh, again, the more experience you have in, in the world, there's a tendency to take that experience. And what happens is it's a filter on what you hear. And there's a tendency to be triggered by what you hear to either reject or ignore or disagree with what you've heard. And what we say, as soon as you feel that, as soon as someone says something to you that you go, no, that's wrong. I don't agree with that. Um, I reject that idea. You need to step back and go, hmm, maybe there's some value here in what this person is saying. And I need to presume that there's value. They're saying it for a reason. And I need to understand what it is they're saying and why they're saying it and verify my understanding of that. So that all sounds simple and easy to do, but believe me, uh, you know, in fact, the, the more close you are to an individual, the more difficult it is, um, as my, my wife joke just uh, <laughs> demonstrated. So 
The, the second skill is uh, of the four is what we call expressing praise. And uh, I think you can appreciate this, that um, first of all, we, we know from research that's out there that people actually do want praise and they uh, want to be told when there's something that's praiseworthy in their performance. And unfortunately for some people, it's often difficult for them to express it. They feel awkward doing it. Uh, in fact, some people even feel difficult receiving praise given the, the forum. Some people want to be at the front of the room at the president's club and get the award. Other people would rather have a very private uh, dinner with uh, uh, the VP of sales and hear the praise personally. So there's that aspect of it. But more importantly, there's, there's just too much um, uh, ignoring opportunities to praise people, which is reinforcing the behaviors you're observing and uh, missing opportunities to have them repeat that behavior. And then the praise tends to be sometimes too trite. It's, uh, well, add a boy. Uh, good job, Ian. Good job. And you're not really giving specific examples <laughs> of what's praiseworthy. Um, you're not connecting any of the personal qualities that Ian might have and the performances He's just demonstrated to reinforce those, those qualities. And, and most important is connecting the praise to a goal that is mutual, that the person sees that by doing what they've done, they're actually helping themselves, the organization, what have you, achieve a goal. And so we provide the, a model, and we provide a model that allows you to do it verbally, and we uh, provide a model that allows you to do it in writing. And, and we think that, that praise is underutilized in a lot of coaching situations. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's a huge point, John. It, it's massive. Uh, recognition, praise goes so far, and it's free. And it needs to be sincere, and it needs to be done properly. It's, it's brilliant that you put a template or a playbook together towards doing that. That's, that's a fabulous. What's the third one, John? Well, um, is called, we, we call it expressing concern. And, and, you know, this is the old, um, situation where an idea or request or performance to you seems flawed and it's concerning to you. And you're, you're going to have to provide some feedback to that individual. And again, for many people, it's awkward, um, to provide feedback. And it can be awkward for some people to receive feedback. Uh, what, what we suggest is, first of all, a coaching culture is one where there's a, a very uh, good mix of active listening, expressing praise, and a willingness to express concern, receive feedback, and give feedback. And do it in a way that, um, again, collaboratively, where it doesn't have to be damaging to that individual's uh, persona and it, it can be listen, listened to. There's, there was a great book, actually, I think the author's Canadian, um, called Feedback and Other Dirty Words. Uh, the authors were Chandler and, and Grelish. And they actually, in their research, they found that 62% of employees want more feedback and 83% appreciate feedback, whether it's even positive or negative. 
And the numerous studies are out there that indicate that organizations where people work together and seek and give and receive feedback, they will outperform financially on all metrics, ROI, margins, ROA, ROE. And um, another book that's called Radical Candor was written by a woman named Kim Scott. And, um, you know, she, she made this great quote. She said, you know, you've been told your whole life, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, now all of a sudden it's your job, right, to say it. And it can be done in a skillful, skillful way and in a candid way. And it doesn't have to be obnoxious and it doesn't have to be cruel. So we provide a, a skill for expressing concerns. And then the fourth uh, skill, we, we think that innovation is very important when you're coaching and uh, coming up with great ideas, you know, breakthrough ideas to overcome performance challenges. And so we teach the skill of inviting in innovation. So four skills, active listening, expressing praise, expressing concerns, and inviting innovation. What, what a wonderful four-step process. And this is in your book and in your new workshop, which is uh, so needed in the world today. Is there a particular way, John, you present these skills that make them easier for, for people to understand? Well, we do recommend that the book is a good pre-reading to, to prepare them. And, you know, we, we, you and I both know that pre-work and training is <laughs> like a big danger sign. And either people are reading it on the plane or, you know, before the workshop, the night before in the hotel. But we, we purposely made the book skinny. It's 65 pages. And you can go through it. And in there, there's reflection points and exercises to test understanding. But because these are communication skills, these require practice and lips have to move. You, you have, these are verbal skills. And so right. in the workshop that we've designed, knowing that we can't get the five days, you know, that the luxury of those five days, what we've configured is a learning journey for that frontline sales leader to uh, take the knowledge of these skills and practice them in a, in a series of modules, uh, four modules, uh, each module can be delivered either virtually or live. Uh, virtually, it's about two hours. Live, it's about three and a half. And in those workshops, we're actually having them practice the skills and receive feedback on the use of the skills during that time. So it's not a, we're just, you know, transferring knowledge in the workshop. We're actually building capability to apply these. And in between the modules, However, you spread them out, you could spread them out once a month, once a quarter, once a week, whatever you wanted to do. There are what we call um, go do or action learning exercises where you go apply the skill. And when you come back to the next session, you share with others the result that you receive from <laughs> demonstrating the skill in a, in a collaborative coaching conversation. It's wonderful. I love the format of, of spreading it out over time. So people, you can learn something, you get to practice it, then there's some assignments to practice it on your own, get feedback, give feedback, and then you bring them to the next level. It's a brilliant format for delivering uh, content these days instead of five days in a room and trying to drink from the fire hydrant, right? Like it's the way you the way you've, uh, organized this and laid it out, John, makes totally gives me an understanding of why it would be easier to understand for sure. So how do you help people learn these critical communication skills, John, when you are coaching? Well, um, again, the, the workshop is probably the, you know, 
the essence of getting them to practice the skills. Um, what you see happen, and I saw this at Xerox, is that when everyone in the organization has this common language around these four skill sets, you, you can actually tell in a meeting whether or not people are applying them. And it, it's a little bit viral, uh, actually, when people start to use them. Uh, and when someone doesn't use them, they have an opportunity to, you know, point out to that individual that they're not listening well, or that they're not expressing enough praise, or they're not giving good constructive feedback, that they're not being innovative. And it becomes part of the culture. And I, I think that's the piece when we connect this all together with those other coaching workshops we have around coaching calls, coaching strategy, and coaching universal performance challenges. This really is a, you know, a, a whole integrated approach to helping people do a better job of collaborative coaching. That's, that's fantastic. It sounds to me like it's like a coaching DNA that becomes viral. And, and you'd have to say that you'd see it in action and you'd see its absence as well. So, which is also an <laughs> opportunity to, to, to coach people. That's, that's a, you're onto something really magic here, John. Well done. Congratulations on, on your new workshop and the book. Um, I know you've sparked a lot of interest to our listeners today. How could they best reach out to get a hold of you, John? What would be the best way? Well, so um, we have an 800 number, 800-975-6768, 800-975-6768. Our website is level5selling.com. Uh, my email is john at level5selling.com. The word five is spelled out. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, we will take texts and, and messages at my cell, which is 480-235-5582, 480-235-5582. Love to hear from anybody to chat about it. That's fantastic. And I, I, I urge all of our listeners to reach out, especially you sales leaders. John's got some magic for you. Definitely would say that. John, once again, uh, John Hoskins, author and founder of Level 5 Selling in lovely Scottsdale, Arizona, has been my returning guest this week. John, thank you very much for taking the time and sharing your amazing wisdom with our listeners today. Thank you, Ian, for having me. It's great to hear your voice again and enjoy that beautiful Vancouver weather you're having today. you got to get outside. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again, John. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a sales pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins with Ian Selby.